In this hour, the legendary and Emmy-nominated Fatima Robinson joins us for a career conversation as a dancer, music video director, and choreographer. Yes, that's her work. I remember the time. I love that video. Uh, Fatima has worked with everybody from Michael Jackson to Beyonce, Aaliyah, the Backstreet Boys, Big Daddy Kane, Guy, Heavy D, Mary J., the Black Eyed Peas, Fergie, Gwen Stefani, Lord God, the list goes on and on and on. I am delighted in Black History Month to have a conversation, a career dialogue with choreographer Fatima Robinson. Fatima, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? If I complained, I'd be an ingrate. <laughs> I am doing well. <laughs> I'm delighted. You know, it's it's funny. I talked to someone the other day. He said, I'm blessed to be stressed. There you go. <laughs> blessed to be stressed. Yeah, I, I get it. At least yes. you're, you're still here, right? You're still here and uh, doing what that's you right. do. Doing what you do. You yeah, that's all you can ask yeah. for. That's, that's the start, as they say. Um, so, so first of all, let me just start by saying congratulations on what what has been an amazing career. Of course, you're still doing stuff uh, more than ever. Uh, we'll talk about that through this hour. But it it is pretty amazing to look at the body of work for Tima that you have crafted. When you hear um, a track like Remember the Time, um, you think what exactly? I mean, first, it's the fact that I'm working with Michael Jackson, who's absolutely incredible and who I grew up idolizing as a singer and dancer and performer. And the first thing I think is like, you know, the music is so good, but also like, how am I going to figure this out as a 21-year-old hip-hop dancer fresh out of the clubs, <laughs> being asked to do something on such a gigantic scale? You know, it was daunting, but it was exciting. It was the first time I had worked with that many dancers. And then I was working with the king of pop, who our birthdays are the same. We're both Virgos. Mm. And shout out to the Virgos out there. You know what that means. <laughs> yes. He's a perfectionist. <laughs> and he really did set the tone for my career. You know, his perfectionism just really, I admired and loved so much that that's kind of, I went from there on. Yeah. I'm sure my friends are laughing right now because you, you are talking to a Virgo. Um, so oh. we are, <laughs> we are <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure I get a bunch of text. I'm sure I get a bunch of text messages about that in the next few minutes. Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> when you when you hear, uh, let, me, let me ask you. I'm sure you've been asked this question before. So let me just ask this first, and I, I want to follow up. Um, when you get the phone call to work with somebody of the stature of Michael Jackson, um, does intimidation immediately set in? Like, how did you process the invite to to engage with Mr. Jackson? Well, first I ran around the room screaming because <laughs> I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, the the side of me that's creative and that knows that I bring a lot to the table and that loves dance and, you know, that kicks in. And I began working on it and I figure out how to build the team. I worked with uh, a dancer named Stretch out of New York mm -hmm. who brought such a different energy and vibe to it. We always battle each other and hang out in the clubs together. And so I wanted to have his energy and vibe in. So I brought him in to work with me. And so to, together we just created something that was really awesome. And mm -hmm. also, you know, John Singleton saw me as a young girl in the, in the clubs dancing and he gave me a, uh, extra role in Boys in the Hood. Mm -hmm. And so I had known John and loved his passion for filmmaking. And 
you know, was all about how can we make this be the most incredible, you know, music video, but also as black people, we're going to show up in our Egyptian ancestral way and, and really just show the world how mm. it's done. And I loved his concept. Yeah. It was so incredible. So. And, er- and everybody, was, everybody was in that video. Magic Johnson, Eddie Murphy, Iman. I mean, everybody is in this video. Uh, it's one of the best things I think that Michael ever did video-wise. And uh, Fatima Robinson's at the center of it. Just getting started in our conversation with her. A lot more to talk about in her uh, amazing career. I, I think I want to. I-, I need to ask her this when we come forward. And-, and that is, it's one thing to be intimidated by Michael Jackson because he's Michael. Jackson. Okay, we talked about that. But there's another layer here because it's hard to find anybody who can dance better than Michael Jackson. So when, when when a guy calls you who's already the premier dancer on the world stage to choreograph stuff for him, yeah, let's talk about that and a great deal more with Fatima Robinson when we come forward on Tavis Smiley. Interrogating and unpacking. That's what we do around here. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Smiley. Smart talk for curious people just like you. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Smiley. I'm Tavis Smiley, and our guest in this hour is Fatima Robinson, the legendary Emmy-nominated choreographer, joins us in Black History Month uh, for a career conversation. I'm delighted to have her on this program. So, Fatima, I was saying earlier that it's one thing to be intimidated because he's the king of pop, but he's not just a great singer. He doesn't just sell records. This guy is like the mm-hmm. best dancer on the planet. So, uh, it, it's one thing. I, I, that'd be like asking me. I'm, I'm a pretty good orator. I mean, I, I, I do pretty well at this. Mm-hmm. But that'd be like asking mm-hmm. me to coach Dr. Dr. King on on, on, mm. on on how to give a great speech. So, like, how, how do you how do, how do you approach that that part of the of the equation yeah. when this guy is already pretty good at this? Yeah, well, you know, I I'm a hip hop choreographer, and I grew up. I'm one of the pioneers of hip hop dance. I'm a claim it, and you know, hip hop was new for Michael. He was seeing this new style of dance with these kids coming from the clubs and moving in this new way, he was wondering, what is this? He was actually more excited than us to learn not only the dance, but like our culture, how we spoke, how we wore our clothes. Like he was excited about our whole, our flavor, Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. So that's what we brought to the table. And so he was a sponge ready to learn whatever we had to give him. Yeah. Which was really great. Yeah. What 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 so what that's is how we do that? Now, there's a question there. I want I want to ask right quick. What, what is it like? Um, and this I I think this is instructive and informative for all who are listening and watching. What is it like when you work with someone who is already at genius level, but they mm-hmm. are open to learning? To your point, they are a sponge. They want to learn. They want to know. Their attitude isn't I'm the king. I'm the queen. You know, what can you teach me? That's not their attitude. They are at genius mm-hmm. level already, but they are open to mm-hmm. learning and to growing. I was just saying to somebody yesterday that change is inevitable. Everything mm-hmm. must change, as Bernard Agnew once wrote. Everything must change. Change is inevitable, but growth is optional. Everything changes, but you got mm-hmm. to choose to grow. Mm-hmm. So here you are working with a genius mm-hmm. level artist already, and to your point, he was open and anxious to learn. That's a beautiful thing, Fatima. Yeah, I would call it curious even. Yeah. You know, I think it's very important for you to keep the curiosity going in your life. Mm -hmm. You know, as children, we're curious, but as adults, we kind of lose that. 
And so I think it's great to always just keep that level of curiosity open to discover new things. And I think that's what we brought to his life for that video. Mm-hmm. Um when you see that video, remember remember the time. All and what you, you get so, mm. so much stuff you've done. We'll talk about. But when you see that particular video, that nine minute twenty two second video, whatever it is, <laughs> all these years later. Well, let, let, let me let me let me do this first. So it's it's a nine minute twenty two minute production. Let, so that part, like, t- tell me about that piece of it. This ain't this ain't no you know two and a half minute three minute song. This is a lot of work here. So tell me about that part, Fatima. Yeah, I mean, it was the time where people actually sat down as families to watch a debut video come on the television. Mm-hmm. You just don't even get that anymore, you know? The new generation doesn't even understand what that is. Mm-hmm. And so it was really beautiful to be a part of something so wonderful, so black, mm. so just the song was perfect, the the artist was perfect, and then when it broke down into the dance and the way John revealed the dance was just so awesome. And and I was 21 years old. I was super young. It Mm. was the beginning of my career, and it's really what solidified me to say, okay, I'm going to be a choreographer. Yeah. Because before, it was a hobby. Yeah, um... We'll come back to the hobby part in a second here. Uh, mm-hmm. there, there are two ways to read that auspicious start to your career. On the one mm-hmm. hand, um, you get a chance to work with the great uh, Michael Jackson, and so the world is your oyster. You, once you work with him, you can work with anybody. You can do anything. On the other, that's one way to read it. The other way to read it is that once you work with him, yeah. it's downhill from here. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like you are working mm-hmm. Michael Jackson. So, so how did you process that auspicious beginning of your choreography career? I'm so glad you asked that because that has been like one of the most important things that I've done in my life. Mm-hmm. After working with him, I didn't have. Either one of those, I just went back to what I knew, which was hip hop. Mm-hmm. So after I worked with Michael, I still danced for Heavy D and Mary J. Blige and Bobby Brown and people like that. I went back to my roots mm-hmm. and I stayed there until, and I grew with hip hop. So as hip hop grew, you know, I grew as well. And 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 I just, I never looked at it like, where do I go from here? Mm-hmm. I looked at it like, wow, that put my name in a lot of people's mouths. Yeah. But I have a lot more work to do. Because I respected the people who came before me, the, mm-hmm. the Michael Peters and um, Russell, um, God, I'm forgetting his last name right now. But there's so many that mm-hmm. came before me, Vince Patterson and you know, Martha Graham and all the people who put in work. I couldn't be at 21 years old. Like, I made it. No, that wasn't it at all. Yeah, Yeah, I was just beginning. Yep. Um, how how would you you mentioned hip hop a few times and that that's that's your home that's where you that's where you incubated your your talent and your gift. We're we're, we're this side of the 50th anniversary of hip hop as we all know. Uh, 50 plus years of changing the world and the music and the culture has become hegemonic all over the globe. Everybody's down with hip hop. Um, we talk about the music. We talk about the culture. How would you situate dance, hip hop dance? Uh, in this conversation, looking back on its 50-plus year history? I mean, hip-hop dance is so rooted in us. 
you know, when I first decided to, I would make choreography a career, mm-hmm. I started going to dance classes because before it was just a hobby that I would, you know, I would take clubs with my classroom. Mm-hmm. But then when I saw I could make a career out of it, I started going to classes. And the first thing I did was go to African dance. And we would be doing the same stuff that we do in hip hop, but instead it would mean something. It would be part of the ritual of ceremony that would happen during a wedding or doing a birth of a child. And and it's just so amazing how it's the dance is just so rooted in who we are that we it reinvented itself through this music that we call hip hop. But it's just our ancestors. Mm-hmm. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of ancestors, um, uh, take me back to Little Rock, Arkansas. What what was uh, what was Lil Fatima like <laughs> growing up in in Little Rock? Well, I my mom luckily she went to Twin Tennessee State and she was a majorette there. She moved to California when I was five. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. Yeah. She ch- changed my life by moving to California. But every summer I spent in Little Rock, Arkansas. And I just loved living there. I, there's a Southern girl that still lives in me to this day. I love just sitting on the porch and playing with my cousins and, you know, playing in the forest and just barefoot and playing in the street and just being out to the street lights came on. That was my life. And I, I really did love that side of uh, growing up in the South. Yeah. So, so, so tell me the story then of how uh, you mentioned earlier that, that, that dance uh, for a long time before you made choreography a career uh, and the, the clubs, I love that phrase, the clubs were your classroom. Um, before you became, before you became a, a choreographer, it, it was a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so tell me more mm-hmm. about how, how, how music and dance became your muse as a young person. T- tell me the story of how you got mm-hmm. so turned on by it. I mean, it's, it's the story of so many kids. We dance whenever our parents have guests over with the entertainment. <laughs> you know, I have two younger sisters, and yeah. I was always making up routines on them and dressing them in costumes and coming up with shows. You know, it was just something we did. We double-dutched on the street. We came up with cheers. We did the hand games, you know. It was just part of how I grew up, and um, but I just I had this extra love and passion for dance, and I, I would equate it to that's dance was my church. That's where I felt closer to God when mm-hmm. I danced, and so mm-hmm. that was um, it was just kind of my calling. My my dad was a musician and played uh, guitar, and like I said, my mom was always a dancer. She went to Tennessee State, and so it feels like a dancer and a. a musician birth the choreographer it's just music and dance was probably always around me but i just never we were never took lessons my mom was busy and i my sisters took all the lessons and i kind of was the responsible person to get them everywhere mm. but it's something to say about also the perspective of sitting and watching mm. because you learn so much as well that way mm-hmm um, I don't know that you can explain this, but since you said it, I'm going to try to make you explain it to the extent that I can. Uh, try to pull it out of you. Because mm. I, I love the phraseology. When you say that dancing for you makes you feel closer to God, when you dance, mm-hmm. you feel closer to God. Can you can you attempt to describe what that feels like? Yeah, um, it's 
it's where, you know, whether you call your God the universe or whomever, it's like is there's an alignment where mm. I feel like I am just in tune with who I am mm. and where I'm supposed to be and what I'm creating. Ah, it's so interesting because when I'm in the room and when the magic is happening and when it's flowing through me or when I say the ancestors have shown up, mm-hmm. it's like, man, it's such a feeling. It's it's so amazing. You just feel like you're on your you're doing your purpose. You're just on what you're supposed to be, what you're on the planet to do. And I just love it so much because I really, truly feel like it's a gift that I've been given to do what I do. And so, you know. Yeah. No, it is a gift. There's no question about that. And you're working it out. Uh, she's got the gift and she's got to use it. And she and she is using it quite nicely. Um, you mentioned, I wanted to go there. You mentioned John Singleton a couple of times. Um, but I, I am certain you recall. Take me back to the night that John sort of discovered you, I'm putting that in air quotes. Uh, Tell me about that night. You you recall it? Yeah, we were in a dance contest. The name of my group was called Feminine Touch. Mm -hmm. And the previous years, the dance contest, the girls who won, they went on to dance for BBD. They were called Straight Ahead. Mm -hmm. And then the year before that, the guys who won became the far side. Mm. So if you won this dance contest, (laughs) you were destined to do something, you know? (laughs) So we won, and John came up to us at the end, and he was like, just, you know, John, is. if anyone knows him, he's just so enthusiastic and wants to tell you everything right there. And he's just so excited about film and he was like i'm gonna put y'all in my movie and we were like yeah whatever (laughs) (laughs) and to be a part of boys in the hood we're in the barbecue scene dancing Mm -hmm. but just to be a part of that and i i remember the actress that that played um uh ice cube's mom i remember her looking at me at uh in between takes one time we were just all dancing and being silly and she Mm. said she looked at me and she said you're too pretty to be an extra and i was like oh wow (laughs) (laughs) that was amazing (laughs) but you know it was it we were just so happy to be on set you know we were learning all about what screen actors guild was and you Mm -hmm. know you can be a dancer in the guild and you can have health and pension like all of it was so new i was 18 years old just figuring it out right out of high school. I didn't want to go to college. My mom and grandmother were freaking out. And I just felt like my path, I was on it already, and I was figuring it out. Uh, when we think about Boys in the Hood, um, let's just pause mm-hmm. for a second. First of all, let's just, just do a, a, a tribute to John Singleton because his career yeah. uh, was so amazing. We lost John way too soon. My studio is right down the street, literally a block and a half, two blocks from where John's offices were. So, John, I saw each other all the time in fraternity brothers and, mm. and, and, and friends. Um, so just an amazing career. But when we think about that film, Boys in the Hood, and all the folk who are in it and how it was a shot in the arm for all of their careers. You already mentioned Ice Cube. Look at what happens to his mm-hmm. career. His career after that. Look at what happens to Morris Chestnut, Lawrence Fishburne, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Angela Bassett Neil is in Long. this. Nia Long is in mm-hmm. this. Um, mm-hmm. Every everybody everybody's in this, and here you are getting your you know John Singleton uh, uh, keeps his word, uh, uh, tells the truth, and puts you in this project. 
And I'm thinking about Boys in the Hood and back to earlier conversation about Michael Jackson. Remember the time. I mean, you have had and, and had at such an early age, you were involved in some pretty iconic projects. Now, at the time, we may not have known what they were going to become. But you, you were involved in like a, a few major iconic artistic projects at a very early age. You ever you ever think about that when you look back? Mm-hmm. I do, especially having a 23-year-old son. I kind of look at his life. I'm just like, wow, mm-hmm. I was doing that at that age? Mm-hmm. You know, you get to see mentally where you are. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, it was, it was good. I, you know, I graduated high school at 16. I was always taking care of my sisters. I kind of was given a lot of responsibility at a young age. Right. So, and and I'm an old soul, Tavis. I, I, I've been here before, <laughs> and I feel that. And so, for me, I think, you know, although it was, there were times where I'd go to the bathroom and have a good cry, yeah. but I'd wipe my tears, and I'd come out, and I'd say five, six, seven, eight, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, I, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Um, our guest in this hour is Fatima Robinson. And as I mentioned a moment ago, you, you talk about doing some pretty iconic stuff very, very early in your career. Uh, as a kid, basically, she's hanging out with Michael Jackson and working on Remember the Time. And she, as a kid, she's in Boys in the Hood with John Singleton. I mean, it's a pretty amazing life when you can start out your career that way. And all that happened before she became a choreographer as a career. And we are honored to have a career conversation with her. So much more to talk about. Um, she worked with a lot of people, including Aaliyah. And uh, I'm, 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 I'm getting touched because so many of these great artists that she worked with are no longer with us. Michael is gone. John Singleton is gone. Aaliyah is gone. I want to talk about Aaliyah when we come forward and a great deal more with uh, this great choreographer, Fatima Robinson, who we're honored to have on Tavis Smiley right now. For all the freedom-loving folk, this is Tavis Smiley. I feel like freedom. Let's get back to more of Tavis Smiley right now. And the choreographer on that project is our guest in this hour, Fatima Robinson, who has had quite the career working with some of everybody. Um, and uh, I know you never close on the death of a loved one like you close on a house. Anybody you love. But Fatima, when you hear when you hear her music, particularly this track, all these years later, closer to twenty five than twenty now, um, wh- what do you what do you think? How's it hit you? Um, I mean, I, I love Aaliyah and her music, and I really feel like her spirit is still with me. You know, um, one of the things that when I'm when my first conversation about the movie Color Purple, when I met with the director, he told me that he, in Ghana, in high school, there was a talent competition, and 80% of the school did Aliyah's Are You That Somebody, including him and his dance team. Mm. And he said, in Ghana, in high school, I'm going to work with her one day meaning me and Mm. we so for me i feel like she even brought that project into my life Mm. and little things like that kind of show up around her around her and her spirit and the connection that we had and so i i still feel like she's a part of me yeah 
I could spend this entire hour uh, just talking about all the folk you've worked with, um, and I wouldn't have enough time to do that. But at a certain point mm-hmm. in your career, things really start to take off for you, and now you're not just doing, uh, you're not just dancing with artists or even choreographing for artists, but now you're doing major commercials. Tell me about that part, mm-hmm. and, and when the career really jumps off. Yeah, it's funny. I had one of the commercials that I really wanted to do was Gap commercial. Mm-hmm. And and I would audition as a dancer all the time, but I never got it. And then one time, Hype got a Gap commercial to direct and brought me in to choreograph. Hype would be Hype Williams, and yes. Hype Williams, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so um, I ended up choreographing this Gap commercial, but because I was around the agency so much through the casting process and all the things, they just love kind of fell in love with who I was and when one of the dancers didn't work out on the day they asked Fatima would you be in the commercial and I was like yeah I'll do it and but inside I was going crazy <laughs> this was something I always wanted to do and they said well we want you we want you to dress yourself because we like your own personal style so go in the room and do what you do so I go in the room and I cut up a linen shirt and I make a head wrap and and, you know, I put on my, my khakis and I do my thing. And so I get in front of the camera. And at the time, the agency was really particular about people's personal jewelry. They always made everybody take off their jewelry. Mm-hmm. And so when I was, as I was in there and I could see my reflection in the camera, they said, you know, can you, can you take off the earrings? And so I had these big hoop earrings. And every black girl knows that head wraps and hoop earrings just go together. And so <laughs> I see myself in the mirror and I'm like, in the reflection of the camera, and I'm like, I can't do the head wrap guys without the hoop earrings. They just go together. Mm. And they're like, give her the hoop earrings. So I put on the earrings and I open and close the commercial. That's the khaki soul with the beautiful song, mm-hmm. lovely day by Bill Withers playing. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, the one of the greatest things that came out of that was maybe a month later, I was in New York and I was catching an early morning flight home and I was in the car service and it was still dark outside. And, you know, we were driving to the airport and we stopped at a light and I looked over and there was a gap store and in the window was a mannequin dressed exactly like me with the head wrap and the hoop earrings. Mm. And that's when I realized that I actually move culture forward as well. I'm mm. not just a choreographer. And so I kind of started inserting myself in other parts of what I do. Yeah. So since we're there, um, we're, we're right there. Let's just step across the line. Talk to me then about mm-hmm. the ways in which you have weaved fashion, music, and choreography over the course of your career. Yes, I mean, for me, if the wardrobe doesn't look right, then the dance is going to be awful. Like, if you're not working together with the fashion, then it's just, it sometimes hides the dance, sometimes impedes the dancers from doing what they need to do. So for me, I've always been very vocal about what we need in that area, and I soon began to find out it was a title for it. It's called creative director where Mm -hmm. a person comes in and they become the point person that everybody goes to for the style and look and direction that we're going to, everyone is moving towards so that it all is cohesive and it serves the performance so much better 
when you have someone like that. And so I was like, well, that's what I'm doing anyway. So I'm going <laughs> to call myself that <laughs> and charge even more money. And tra- there you go. Charge more. Absolutely. Uh, l- let me go back. Before I move forward, let me go back one more time because I, I want to just let that thing settle, uh, settle on me and settle on the audience. When you're in that car early morning in New York City and you're at the stoplight and you look inside that Gap window and you see this mannequin dressed just like you were in the commercial for the Gap and you realize um, the power that you have to move the culture, um, what, what, what did that, that notion, what did that, that reality in that moment Im- imbue you with? What, 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 what comes of, of you accepting that you do have that sort of power and presence. Yeah, I guess it is the acceptance of it, you Mm -hmm. know, because, you know, some people may have it and be scared of it or just not know how to articulate it. But for me, I just, I felt like I was always doing it. I just didn't, you know, I, I didn't realize, um, you know, it's funny because what we do, we, we, no one gave us as hip hop kids permission to do what we did. We mm. just literally figured it out on our own. I mean, all of our parents thought we were crazy and like, what is this music and what is this sound and what are you doing? You're going on tour. You want to go t- on tour and you're 18 years old, you know? <laughs> and it, and it was, it was like, but I quickly realized that what I did and what I gave to people in the room was I actually gave them permission to be the person that they didn't even realize was in them. Mm -hmm. And I pulled that out of them and we presented it to the world and, you know, you build on that. And Mm -hmm. so a bit of that was me and what I do, you know, just being able to see, wow, all my travels, all the rooms that I've been in, all the the people that I'm around, the clubs that I study in, all that is collection of information yeah. that I have that they don't. Yeah. And it's an, and what I have is valuable. Yeah. You know? And so when I looked at it like that, I just went, Yeah, I'm valuable. And go. I'm gonna make them see this. Somebody, somebody told me years ago, uh, it is uh, at times better to ask for forgiveness than permission. <laughs> Sometimes it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Uh, I digress. More with Fatima Robinson when we come forward on Tavis Smiley. From the Merck Park with love, love this love. is Tavis Smiley. He's rooting for everybody black. Everybody black. black. More of Tavis Smiley coming your way right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Our guest is for Tima Robinson, a brilliant choreographer who I am honored to, to have on this program. Um, let, let me ask, uh, Fatima, I, I'm curious as to whether or not you are still studying in clubs. Uh, you, you, you still hanging out there to see what you can see? You know, I don't go to clubs that much anymore. When I travel, I'll I'll hang out with the dancers and we'll go to clubs. Mm-hmm. But I feel like my rehearsal room is a club. 
You know, at mm-hmm. times I put on other music, the dancers show me things. I think with the in, the invention of things like YouTube, YouTube and TikTok, right. I don't necessarily have to go to clubs to find the latest stuff. It's yeah. all at my fingertips and my phone. Mm-hmm. So when I'm with, in the studio with my dancers and they're they're doing like the latest thing, I'm like, ooh, what's that? They're like, oh, that's the latest TikTok thing. I'm like, ooh, show me. Mm-hmm. And then they show me the TikTok thing and we crack up laughing. I'm like, ooh, let's make a TikTok. And then, we'll, <laughs> you know, I'll join in to some of their TikTok just to be silly and I, I just love where dance is where it's just a, a new time and I can right here on my phone discover yeah. all the things yeah to, to, to that to that phrase how, how would you describe where dance is in this moment I I think dancing's in such an amazing place mm-hmm. you know a lot of times it will it will go away and reinvent itself and come back, especially with the music. As the music changes, the dance changes, you know, but I think with the popularity of social media and how much joy dance brings people when they're watching it in their everyday lives, the kind of clips that people share with each other of just regular people dancing, it's, it just, it, I love it so much. It's so part of everybody's life. Even if you don't get up and actually do it yourself, you still enjoy mm-hmm. watching a fun clip of somebody dancing. Have you found that over the years, um, your inspiration comes from different or varied places? Oh, for sure. I mean, I can get inspiration just sitting in a hotel lobby and watching how the people move through the space Mm. you know i'm a people watcher for sure and i just i stay very curious about you know um what people interests are and how they interpret music and how they like to to move like all of that i i'm completely yeah um, I stay open. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when we come forward in our remaining moments with Fatima Robinson, uh, I want to go uh, back to a, a, an early part of our conversation, at, actually the very beginning, when she was, uh, uh, <laughs> we were tickled uh, about her comment about being a Virgo. And she says, shout out to all the Virgos. And I said to her, uh, you are talking to a Virgo. Uh, and so we got a laugh about that. And her point was that being a Virgo means you are a perfectionist. And I, I can relate to that. Uh, so I want to ask her when we come forward in our remaining moments, uh, I, I can see what the upside is of her being a perfectionist you see that in her work you see that that's the upside but what's the downside to being a perfectionist in her field you're listening to Fatima Robinson and I'm glad about it on Tavis Smiley unapologetically progressive, progressive. unapologetically blind you're tapped into Tavis Smiley. Tavis Smiley more honesty than you can handle more empowerment than you can imagine you're tuned in to Tavis Smiley. Tavis Smiley and Fatima Robinson. Okay, Fatima, uh, we was, we started out the conversation laughing about this, um, about, about Virgos being perfectionists. I see the upside of that in your work and your witness. What's the downside to being a choreographer who is a perfectionist? <laughs> Maybe my son should answer that one. I, <laughs> I think that... <laughs> I, I think that, you know, as... As Virgos, as perfectionists, we can overanalyze things, mm-hmm. you know, and I've really taught myself how to not overanalyze life, overanalyze the routine, overanalyze, you know. I kind of trained myself to allow for the creative process to happen, and at a certain point, 
you know, after building it, after you, you know, revisiting it, after doing all the things to like walk away yeah. and let it breathe and let it have its life mm -hmm. and not like pick at it to the point that it just, you know, you, you ruin it. So, yeah. and I have to remember that in life too, you know, not, not trying to uh, choreograph everybody's life and, and <laughs> make everything picture perfect everywhere I go you know to allow freedom of you know life to happen I love that transparency I love that honesty um uh, I, I hear Miles, my board out, playing some uh, some happy from Pharrell, and I, I assume he's doing that because he knows that you did that performance as well uh, for his Oscar performance, uh, your choreography of that. Yeah. You'll get a kick out of this. Your fans have shown up all this hour. I haven't had a chance to even get to this, but I, I, I have a really smart audience, and you got a lot of fans in this audience, and I've, I've been cracking up at all the things they've been sending me that you've done in your career as if I didn't do my research, number one. <laughs> Uh, but number two, I ain't got time to give y'all everything Fatima did in her career. So let me just run some of the things Aww. that your fans want me to let the audience know that I know that you did. Uh, they they want they want to remind me. They have reminded me that you did the 50th uh, hip hop show that the Grammys did. You choreographed yeah. that, yeah. celebrating 50 years of hip hop. I was executive producer on that one. Yes, you were. So I so your fans want me to make sure I know that. So we got that. Out. I'm checking that <laughs> off. They they wanted me they, they wanted me to mention that you choreographed Pharrell's Oscar performance of Happy. We're playing that right now. Uh, and yeah. they, they want me to mention the color purple, which you mentioned earlier, the color purple. Uh, they want me to mention yeah. the Grammys over the weekend. I'm mentioning the Grammys. And I'm out of time, oh, so I got to yeah. stop. But these are this, these are just okay. notes to me from your fans, Fatima, so you should know that these folk know Aww. what you've done and how you've shown up, and they love it, and they wanted to make me aware of it. Uh, so thank you uh, again for all the, the happiness that you have brought to us, the joy that your work has brought to us. Um, it's an honor to have had this hour to talk to you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Wish you nothing but the best mm -hmm. in the coming days, weeks, months, and years. Thank you for Tima Robinson. Good to have you on. Thank you so much. Thank you. My great delight.